Welcome to Thursday. The Thursday edition of the Bill Michaels Show. Good to have you. I am Bill Michaels. Grant Bills is Grant Bills. He's in the studio. And uh, we got, boy, we got a lot to talk about. Oh, my goodness. Uh, again, one of those days you come in and you're like, okay, what do we, uh, we're going to talk with Halfley or talk about Halfley and Goody speaks today. And what else is going on? And you look and Doc is 0-2 as the head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. And they, Dame loses last night going back to Portland. The NBA has got some serious image issues going on right now. All the uh, discussion regarding Dak Prescott, I want to get into that a little bit because uh, it's fair and people don't think it's fair, but it's fair. Although Micah Parsons is kind of a moron. Uh, I got that. I mean, just there, there's just so much, so much. You've got uh, a big, giant, billion, $3 billion investment going into the PGA. You've got the ownership group between Cal Ripken Jr. and Grant Hill buying the Baltimore Orioles. I mean, you throw a dart at a dartboard today and hit something. And then, on top of it, uh, we're excited to announce that uh, we re-upped with our friends at Pottawatomie Hotel Casino today. And we are going to be doing uh, a lot of shows once they open up the new sports book. We are, we are going to be one of the host programs coming out of the sports book. So we got that. That was kind of cool. College hoops in the state, which an absolute meltdown last night down in West Lafayette. West Lafayette. Real quick. For uh, those that have never been, West Lafayette has been under construction since 1971. That whole area. It's, I don't know, I don't know what they do in Indiana. I really don't. I love Indiana. I've got a house in Indiana. Uh, go to the lake every year in Indiana. It's just outside of Cincinnati. I love it. It's Milan, Indiana is the home of the, you know, the Hoosiers, the original Hoosiers, what, what the movie Hoosiers was based off of. Bloomington, Indiana is fantastic. Notre Dame's pretentious, but it's still historic. There's just a lot of good things in Indiana that I really like. I don't know what it is about their highway department and their roads. They're terrible. And West Lafayette, specifically West Lafayette, has been under construction. I mean, you'd think it's Chicago, for God's sakes. That, that stretch of highway and that stretch of – because that, that's one of the areas that I'll get off and you know, they've got a Bob Evans there. I like to go eat there every now and then when I'm traveling back to Cincinnati to see my kids. Uh, they've got a Bob Evans there. They've got a White Castle there, so I don't mind going there. But that stretch has been under construction. It's terrible. It's just awful. And then to put that college town and the Purdue Boilermakers right in the middle of that god-awful place and then the meltdown last night and watching – a uh, Northwestern team battled their ass off. I mean, battled last night, only to come up short because how many free throws did Purdue shoot last night, Grant? Wasn't it like 40-something free throws? The the final tally, I have it on my Twitter here. Let me scroll. 48 for, or 46 for Purdue and 8 for Northwestern. It, 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 just ridiculous. I mean, like some stupid amount. Now, that can benefit the Badgers when the Badgers have them coming up on the docket, but just a dumb amount, uh, just a, a huge disparity of free throws in favor of Purdue. Purdue just basically had half their game from the free throw line. And, oh, by the way, they don't shoot free throws very well. But, oh, my God, you know, just just an embarrassing disparity. Either Northwestern is one of their classes – for the athletic department at Northwestern that you can take is hackology or the fix was in. I mean, one of the two. You can't have that big a disparity in college basketball with all the bumping and grinding and the way they play. You can't have it that way and not have something going on. You just can't. It was ridiculous. 
Ridiculous. So anyway, you have that too. So there's a lot. There's a lot there. Um, right? Dave says, used to stop there every time just uh, for Chick-fil-A. Then a West Lafayette before they came to Wisconsin, look forward to it every time. Good. That right there, there's two There's two or three exits. The one that's the first one that's north, eh, it's kind of desolate. It's a gas station and I think a grain mill. And then there's another one, and that's that's like the main downtown. That's or or the main area, uh, West Lafayette, the second exit. And then there's the third one, which is getting back on the outside of town. But oh my God, West Lafayette, come on, man! At some point, that construction that they've been doing through that little curve, that circle, and up to the top of that hill, they got to finish that. Some you would figure somewhere in the two thousands, right? Somewhere in the 2000s. So they've got, what, another, you know, what, ninety or uh, 87 years to go, 86 years to go before they finish that in West Lafayette, Indiana, before the highway, uh, you know, completely falls apart again? Because it's been under construction. for Since I moved here in 1999, that area has been under, under construction that long. So there you go. Uh Got a lot of uh, a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, Halfley gets uh, brought in as the new defensive coordinator last night, and um, it, you had to really kind of search. I knew him a little bit because of his sh- very short stint one year at Ohio State, but Ohio State's defense with him and Trestle went from seventy second all the way up to number one in many different categories. It was very successful. He's obviously been uh, at Tampa Bay. He's been with San Francisco. He's been with Cleveland, and then he got the head coaching job with Boston College. And, and now he's back in the NFL as a defensive coordinator. He likes to run a, a more of a version of a 4-2-5 rather than a straight 4-3 or 3-4. He uh, is also a big believer in aggressiveness. His defensive backs are – he coaches them up to get picks and turnovers. So there's a lot of things there um, that I like. He's not Joe Barry. He does not believe in sitting in soft zones and – keeping everything in front of you. He is – now, there is going to be times – I'm going to prepare you. There's going to be times where you get burned because of the aggressiveness. But I, I've always said you'd rather go down swinging than letting them deliver the blows. And that's what he believes in, and I like that. Uh, I don't know if he's going to make many changes to the defensive staff, and quite frankly, I don't care if he does or doesn't. I know some people say, well, it's continuity. They're, they're keeping all match guys. No, no, it, it, you're just – if you don't have anybody better, you keep with what you know. You stick with what you know. But it's now up to him to uh, it's now up to him to school, teach, work with, whatever, the coaches, the position coaches, to get that staff, that group, up to what he wants. So that's it. And there was some reporting, if, if Packers fans, I know they were frustrated during the huddle last night. Tom Silverstein and others last night reporting, LaFleur and Halfley know of each other, and they've spoke, but, but they're not friends. They no. have mutual connect. They're not like best buddies. That, I think, got out of hand in that reporting and, and that assumption from Packers fans. Yeah, that, was, that was ridiculous. It was an immediate jump, uh, an uneducated jump uh, by a lot of Packers fans who didn't know what the F they were talking about. You know? That's it. And and for for those that hit enter, and we're putting it on the live stream and sending emails and you know uh, tweeting us and say, it was like you're wrong. And, and I said last night, everybody knows everybody, or everybody knows of everybody. You can't avoid that. You know, there's thirty thirty two jobs. That's it. Imagine imagine working in a place like Northwestern Mutual, two thousand people, 
right? And you probably know or have seen or somebody in the building knows of everybody in the building, right? 2,000 people. Now take 32 people and their coordinators. It's probably maybe 1,000, maybe 700 people in a very tight-knit business where you see each other at combines, you see each other at, at you know, the, the Senior Bowl, you see each other at owners' meetings, at, at coaches' meetings. You, you, uh, everybody sees everybody. You see each other across from each other on the sideline. You coach against one another. You know the names. So the whole thing for, um, you know, the whole thing of, oh, my God, well, he knows him. You know, it's like, duh. You, you, you can't avoid it in this business, you know, and, and it's re, it's a ridiculous, uneducated statement. There's 99.9% of Packers fans are, they are unbelievably intelligent. There is this 1% that brings the curve down that just looks foolish. It just does. Uh, and you don't know, we don't know. He's never been a DC before in the national football league. He's worked on defenses uh, he was a co-defensive coordinator at Ohio State, and he's been a head coach in Boston College. Other than that, you don't know. What he likes to do and what they did at Boston College, because he was more defensive-oriented, he likes to run the four-two-five. He likes to be aggressive. He liked his defenders aggressive in Tampa Bay. He liked them. Def- uh, I know at Ohio State they did. They loved playing a lot of man. They had good athletes, but they loved playing a lot of man, playing aggressive, and getting after quarterbacks. That I know. And then you talk to people out in San Francisco, and they're like, yeah, you know, he was a good defensive backs coach, really good at technique. So, nope, I, uh, I, you don't know. But where he was a co-defensive coordinator at Ohio State, they went from 72nd to number one in a year. In a year. So there you go. Uh, 877-867-1670. So we've got Halfley to talk about. Uh, Doc Rivers, Ofer. 0 for 2 starting out. And uh, he, uh, Dame's return home, didn't look good. There is, uh, and it's way, way, way too early to judge what Doc Rivers will bring to the table because only he's only two games into this thing. But what we've witnessed and what Doc tries to do with rotation and such, and you could see a little bit of it last night, um, it's not something that just coaching is going to fix. It just isn't. Um, this team, you just watch. Just watch them. I, mean, I implore you to watch, watch Bucks basketball and watch the defense beyond the perimeter, which there isn't any, and then watch shots going up. Watch shots going up and watch where the Bucks go specifically. One guy will shoot, four others will run to the other end of the floor. The, the opponent puts up a shot. You got a couple of guys that turn around and look for a rebound, and the rest of them are all heading down the other end of the floor. There is no fight in this team. It is a lazy, it is a punchless, it is a roll the basketballs out because we're the Bucks type of team. And they are going, if they don't change, 
there's there's no use in getting excited about the postseason because they're going down. It's wash, rinse, repeat. That's it. And for you, you watch a team like Boston. Boston will take you out back and beat you up. They're just that bunch of they're they're a bunch of fighters. Denver, they're fighters. Just watch those teams play. It's not all great fundamental, okay? But there's a lot more effort and a lot more fight than what this punchless team brings to the court every night. And that's with Giannis. And stop mean mugging. You're not intimidating anybody. It's it's a joke. It really is. So it it, it I get it. They're a good basketball team. They've got an unbelievable amount of talent. But they just expect to show up and win. And that's what you're seeing right now. And then the NBA has an innate problem. And I want to talk about that as well. Uh, and there's not very often that I sit down and I'll listen to Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith uh, is more Sunday preacher than he is sports analyst. But there are times where I'll listen, and I love it when people make me think. And he nailed it. I was watching the uh, the NBA show yesterday after I got off the air, and he nailed it 100%. And I appreciated his take because I know it's not easy for him to do because he gets he dives into the racial weeds a lot. But he nailed it yesterday, and we'll talk about that as well. 877-867-1670. Also, the Washington Commanders have hired Dan Quinn. He's the new head coach. So now every team has a head coach in the National Football League. So Dan Quinn leaves uh, the Dallas Cowboys, and now he heads over to Washington. Uh, And then all of the Dak Prescott criticism. And I'm listening to all the pundits today, and it's Dak this and Dak that and what Dak needs to do, and Dak should leave, and Dak should force his hand, and Dak's got all the power, and Dak this and Dak that. And players are criticizing criticizing him, and a player's mom criticized Dak, and then you know, Micah Parsons' brother criticized Dak, and Micah Parsons is on his podcast saying, oh, you know, I'm 24 years old, I've seen it all. It's like, shut up. You, you, you just need to shut up. It, there is so much. That is part of the problem inside that locker room. But while the criticism remains heavy, the criticism is dead on. And I know people don't want to hear that. Like, Dak has all the power. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. We'll talk about that as well. So we got a lot to get to. We got a lot to get to. There's a there's a lot to unpack today. Uh, we will start with opening up the phone lines and give me your thoughts on the new defensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. And uh, you know what? If you like it or you don't, I want to know why. I don't want to just ah, oh, I don't like it or oh, this is great. Why? Because I want to I, today. You and I. You are going to prove exactly what I've been saying about you for a long time, is that Packers fans are really intelligent when it comes to football. And you may not know a damn thing about this guy, but I want to know why. Why you feel the way you do. And I think there's some legitimacy to that. But I also, I don't want people to get out over their skis in this either. So stay right where you're at. Don't go anywhere we got a lot more of the Bill Michaels Show coming up. So, and, and we're two days away from heading to Vegas. I'm looking forward to that as well. And uh, I'm excited about a lot of the different things we have going on. So stay right where you're at. More of the Bill Michaels This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Good to have you back. Remember, catch the best interviews. The behind the scenes, all of it, from the Bill Michaels Show and the Media Center in Las Vegas next Saturday, next Saturday night, 7 to 9 on My24 in Milwaukee. Uh, We're going to have every celebrity interviews, news, analysis, going to get you ready for the big matchup as well. But uh, it is going to air television-wise on My24, the 10th, on Saturday the 10th, Saturday at 7 o'clock. They're doing a two-hour special. So, again, catch all the best interviews, uh, some behind-the-scenes stuff, our you know videos from opening night, all of it, everything from Radio Row, the Media Center in Las Vegas, coming up next Saturday, 7 o'clock on My24 in Milwaukee, and you'll be able to find it on My24.com as well. So looking forward to all of that. We're, uh, we're excited about the new TV show, about the TV gig too. So excited. Um. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. This is from Mark, and Mark says uh, some people want to blow this guy off already just because he knows or is acquainted with Matt Lafleur. As if Matt Lafleur is a bad coach. Did people see what Matt Lafleur did at the end of the season after he wrapped his arms around the entire organization? I don't think it's all just coaches. I think it was players p- being put in the right place at the right time to be successful. Matt Lafleur had his fingerprint all over that. Why are people so quick to jump on a relationship that may- Matt Lafleur may or may not have? Right. Right? Exactly. That's 100. Nailed it. Nailed it. 100%. Matt LaFleur, people were, you know, there was Packers fans screaming that Matt LaFleur should have at least been considered for coach of the year for what he did, putting this team in the postseason, winning down the stretch, forcing the defense to get better via the defensive coordinator. Helping game plan on both sides of the ball. I mean, I don't know to what extent he did on both, but from where they were to where they ended up, I mean, why would you even question that? And and here's the other thing. Grant, tell me this. Should Goody today walk in in jeans, uh, black T-shirt, chains, big purple puffy jacket, gold glasses with it just swinging, saying, so what do you think of me now? Shouldn't he? He went from middle of the season <laughs> to us questioning all the positions that he's drafted to look at what the, the way everything progressed. Jaden Reed progressed. Luke Musgrave, Tucker Kraft, getting rid of some of the guys, letting Aaron Rodgers go, moving on to Jordan Love. Everything he did, Devontae Wyatt played better. Quay Walker played better. Keeping Kenny Clark, the outside. Uh, was, was Sean Gary didn't have a great season, but a good season. Drafting Lucas Van Ness, who had impactful moments in, in his rookie season. You know, just for – look, Valentine, Valentine, all those guys. Should he not walk in and just kind of lay it on the desk? Thump! Take a look at me now. That, I mean, that would be his. Pre- that should be his press conference today. At the end of the season, that'd be great if he did. You know what his theme song should be? Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling. That should be it. He should come in and just like like pimping it. You know, walking in like then again. You know, next year it could all go down the tubes. And then he walks in, and uh, he's he's playing a song by Adele. But <laughs> just, yeah, you know, it is what it is. You could DJ all of uh, Brian Gudikin's press conferences, it sounds yeah. like. You have a song oh, for I every mood. That. I could do that, man. I could do that. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the way I would do it. That's the way I would do it. Or, uh, good point, Josh. Uh, Josh says, Toby Keith, how do you like me now? I play that only for the fact that it's, it's a guy that uh, now ends up on the radio. So 
That's kind of the uh, kiss my ass to all your friends that who thought you'd amount to nothing. It's funny because you were here at the uh, at the, the the Christmas party, and I've got a guy that I grew up with. Uh, his name's Mike. Mike and I have been friends since we were in grade school. I mean, and Mike had never been to Milwaukee before, and would only see me like when I would go back to visit my kids. We'd have like dinner or something, or maybe go catch a concert. But for the most part, we didn't see each other a whole lot. And this year when I invited them all, I said, hey, why don't you guys come up to the Christmas party? And they came up, and as he's leaving, now Mike and his wife Cindy were pretty hammered, and Cindy was real hammered. But Mike, as he was leaving, was getting on the bus, and he leans over and he goes, out of all the people, never thought you'd make it. (laughs) I'm like, okay, thank you very much. So that's the reason we play that song for people like Mike. But, yeah, there you go. Uh, 877-867-1670. John says, come on now, sound like Colin Cowherd changing up your views. My views are what, John? And tell me where I'm wrong. Don't give me that. Call the program, grow some cojones, put some hair on them, and call. Tell me where I'm wrong. Tell me what I've I've dramatically changed overnight. You give credit where credit's due. If you have pessimism, you explain it. And if you're wrong, you admit it. If you're right... You can do a victory lap, 100%. But if you listen to the show on the daily, you know what we've talked about. You know exactly what we've talked about, how things did come to fruition. Things did start to get better. Uh, did Matt LaFleur look as if he was about to lose the team? Were we, were we wrong for thinking it at the time? Was everybody on the outside looking in wrong for thinking it? No. Things didn't look good. I don't remember. There wasn't many people that were saying, oh, no, this is fine. This is great. It's going to be fine. I'm telling you. They're, they're going to win. And, and and giving me a reason as to why, other than just being the green and gold colored glasses wearer. So I'd throw it out there. Give me that, and then I'll respect that opinion a lot more. Uh, 877-867-1671. Hit us up. Please feel free. Go ahead and do so. So, uh this is from Jack. Jack says, uh, hey, guys, um, he said, I think that Brian Gutekunst has done a pretty good job. There are some misses, but you look at the average of every general manager, and most general managers uh, swing and miss a lot off, more often than Goody does. Goody was rated as one of the top five coming into the season, and we had a lot of skepticism, and rightfully so. Uh, I think Goody has missed on a few guys, or maybe they haven't panned out as well as we had thought they would, but overall the team seems to be at least deep. I can go along with that. Uh, 877-867-1670. Got Aaron Sims coming up here at the bottom of the hour. And real quick, we'll get to John. John, what's going on, man? You called in. Good. Good. Tell hey, me what, Bill. tell me what hey, you're yeah. thinking. I'm always up for a challenge. No, I, 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 I love your show, man. Love you. I'm not, uh, but no, what I'm saying is, I mean, you know, I just think that, uh, everybody is kind of, I mean, I, I feel like, you know, to be fair, I mean, you were kind of down on duty at the beginning of the year and rightfully so. Absolutely. Uh, down on the stuff with, with Jordan Love and, you know, kind of how he was progressing and stuff with the team. And I think now, you know, I think now you're kind of flipping it up, saying like, oh, we got to trust these guys. Or you went from, you know, we don't really trust these guys to now we should trust them 100%. And, you know, I just feel like that's kind no, of flipping it up. Not 100%. I, I wouldn't go that far. And I, I'll tell you this. This is the other thing, John, and you're right. But when it comes to Jordan Love, I still want to see back-to-back seasons. One season does not a career make either. But we're kind of – I mean, the, the Packers are kind of in a, in a place now where they have to pay the guy. No, I 100%, I 100% agree with you on that. But what I'm saying is, I mean, one season does not make a defensive coordinator. This guy's got one one season at Ohio State, right. and he was a co-coach 
how do we right. know it wasn't the other coach that was doing all this stuff? You know, what absolutely. I'm saying? I mean, we're, we're giving a lot of credit. I mean, I just think that we could have we could have looked a little bit deeper. I mean, we got a lot of talent. We got a lot of stuff that would entice defensive coordinators want to come over to our team. I mean, we're the Packers for crying out loud. We got right. we got greatness on our side. We got all these up and coming players. I mean, we got we got a lot to offer to somebody that's looking for to be a defensive coordinator. I mean, you get in there, you get a good defensive coordinator. We really got a shot to be contenders. One hundred percent agree. Guy, some guy that was twenty two and twenty six as a head coach, and he has one year of, of defensive coordinator jobs co-coach at Ohio State who plays a lot of soft cream puff teams I you know what and it's a good point because and that's why I said I don't know what this guy's going to be I like the fact that he likes to play aggressive but beyond that I don't know what he's going to be John you're 100% correct that's why last night when the story broke and John thanks so much for the for the call and you're right uh thanks so much for the call because I don't know. We did the show last night, and people were saying, well, what do you think? I, I don't know. I, I mean, I like the fact that he likes to be aggressive. I like the numbers that his secondary guys have put up from before to after he got there. I don't like the numbers for opponents' passer rating against his defenses or against his secondary. One year it's really good. One year it's really bad. One year it's really good. One year it's really bad. I, I don't know why the ebb and flow. I, it, may not, it could be because maybe he wasn't calling the defensive plays as a defensive coordinator. He was just merely the defensive backs coach. So I don't know. I don't know what he's going to be. Nobody knows I, what this is going to be. I don't – his record at Boston College doesn't matter. Can we all agree on that? Like, we had a slightly under 500 record coaching at Boston College. Why is, is that of any impact on how good of a right. D.C. he'll be? Come on. He won uh, a good game in the Fenway Bowl. He lost conference games going into the Fenway Bowl. Um, I mean, they're I, – I, you don't know – I don't even know. I don't even know what kind of level of talent did he coach the level of talent up at Boston College? Were, were they sorry to see him go? Like, oh my God, this guy's got the program on the right track, and now he's leaving. Or was this, uh, you know, hey, they're never going to be better than five hundred. It's time for him to go. I, I don't know. I know that what I read about him, there was a lot of good. I talked to a friend of mine, uh, Paul, who's over with uh, the Ohio State Buckeyes. And he was telling me that they really liked him, that they were sorry to see him go, that he had done a lot in the secondary, that they believe he had a lot to do with the fact that the secondary got a lot better. But, you know, much like John said, it's Ohio State, and sometimes they just beat up on a lot of bad teams. So I don't know. I don't know. But I'm I'm excited for something different. But if I had to sit here today and say, this defense is going to be top 10, don't know. Don't know. I don't even know to what level the talent actually is. Right, I don't even know what the level of talent is. I know that things got better down the stretch, and then you saw some of the same issues rear their ugly head. So I don't know. That's a great question. Let's do this. we got to talk a little hockey. We don't talk about it enough. It's undercovered in the state of Wisconsin, and the Admirals are kicking ass. We're going to talk to the voice of the Milwaukee Admirals when we come back. Aaron Sims is going to join us. Always love talking to him. What I consider to be one of the best voices in the state of Wisconsin. He is tremendous if you've ever listened to any of the calls that he does. He's just, man, to be able to call hockey is a whole whole different animal. Uh, Aaron Sims joining us next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. 
Continuing on. So glad to be here on this Thursday edition of the program. I like the fact that when I call John out, he calls the program. Man, that's man enough. I like that. I like that. Good stuff from him. Uh, I'll tell you about man and up. Our, our guy Grosnick is uh, is on a streak right now, and he's got 10 straight wins in the goal between the pipes for the uh, Milwaukee Admirals, and the Admirals are rolling right now. And they are one of the most undercovered stories in the state of Wisconsin. We've got a lot of stuff going on about the Packers, the Brewers making signings. you got uh, college hoops and pro hoops, but, man, the Admirals are kicking ass. Aaron Sims, the voice of the Milwaukee Admirals, joining us on the hotline. Aaron, what's going on, man? You are living a dream right now. We're taking a few names as well, Bill. Uh, it's been it's been fun. Winning is winning beats losing. Winning is fun. It's been great. You mentioned Troy Grosnick from Brookfield, Wisconsin. Ten straight wins, hasn't lost since November the tenth. Uh, it's been just all around. It's been um, it's been fantastic. Better that we thought it would be pretty good. This is better than what we thought at the, at the moment. Highs and lows are going to happen, but right now it's pretty high. It is uh, for what they're doing is is amazing, and the fact. And I was telling everybody yesterday, if you're not paying attention, it, they're not winning two to one or in shootouts. They're winning like seven to two, six to yeah. two, five to one. I mean, they're they're like you said, they're taking names. I mean, what what the hell happened? Yeah, it, well, first off, you have on this team currently there are eight first round draft picks, and uh, six of them are fairly recent. So you have a lot of young talent. Season started. You knew we knew we felt we were going to be pretty solid in goal with uh, Yaroslav Askarov, one of those first round picks, and Troy Grosnick, who has been uh, well, he's been a goaltender of the year in this league uh, seven years ago with San Jose, and he'd been battling some injuries over the last couple of seasons, but here he is. He's been great. So we knew we'd be solid there. Every defenseman is back from last year's Western Conference, uh, a team that made it to the Western Conference final. So we were comfortable there. It's just how are the young forwards going to go? And the first handful of games, it was getting about two and a half goals a game, which wasn't going to cut it. But they found their stride right around Thanksgiving. And uh, like you said, it's been four or five goals a night. We're one of the top three scoring teams in the American Hockey League right now. Um, defensively, the second best in goals allowed. So, yeah, a lot of things are clicking at the moment. And it's been it's been a lot of fun. We came to the game back, uh, I think it was late November, early December, just before they went on the, the streak. And it was kind of up and down. They had been winning some games, lost a couple. Uh, yep. But you could kind of tell, like, things slowly started progressing forward. It was funny because we were in the uh, in the locker room that night with the kids, and we were talking to Troy, and he's like, you know what, Just we, we've had a couple of off nights, but everything's starting to come together. You could kind of feel it. Could you feel it? Could you get the sense that there's something about to explode with this team? Yeah, you kind of did. Uh, you know, it started the year, and it, like you said, it was back and forth. Uh, after the game on November 18th, the team was 6-6. Six and six. Um, Since then, I don't think we could have seen what was coming, but the Admirals are 22-4-1 and one since uh, November 18th. So they've cranked it up, and it was just preaching patience. Um, you know, again, you had some young forwards that were going to be relied upon this season, and once they started to understand the pro game a little better, uh, things really started clicking. And, you know, they've, they've started to play it kind of it, it usually play 12 forwards, six defensemen, two goaltenders, dressed that every night. The Admirals for almost half the games now have gone with seven defensemen because those seven are really good players. And it allows Carl Taylor, and I think some of the offensive production has been boosted because – 
he's been able to double up a forward. So instead of 12 forwards, he has 11 uh, on that fourth line or whatever it may be. He can throw out another, a player, um, maybe a higher caliber, higher scorer type of player to go out there on that line and pick up the offense a little bit. So once that lineup started to be implemented on a nightly basis, um, you've seen the offense go up. You've seen the penalty kill uh, do some good things. I mean, the, the team has scored 11 shorthanded goals this season, which is just unheard of. The franchise record is 18, and we're just past the halfway mark of the season. So, uh, yeah, you kind of sensed something was coming um, just because of what you had on paper. Uh, you just needed some time, and, and they got that time. They always preach it takes 20 games to figure out what you got, and now they figured out what they have. So let me ask you this, and this is tough to compare, but I, I still say this. The year that COVID hit, they were yeah. on their way to a Calder Cup. I thought that was the best team I had seen in uh, maybe a decade uh, easily. Is this team now better than that team then? We were comparing uh, Mike Wojciechowski and I and, and Charlie Larson, as public relations director, and I were comparing personnel. You had Troy Grosnick was a goalie on both teams. You had a young prospect goaltender. Uh, in, in 1920 in Connor Ingram, you have Yaroslav Askarov this year. The defensemen were solid. You had a great leader in Jared Tenorti five years ago, four years ago. You have Kevin Gravel this season, a big defenseman, left-handed shot. You had some young forwards who were scoring goals, uh, Tolvanen and Rem Pitlick back then. Now you have Zach LaRue and Fedor Svechkov and Joachim Kemmel. I, it's, the comparisons, you can go on and on. You have a veteran in Daniel Carr in 1920 who was just – a premier player in this league, Mark Jankowski right now, he's uh, the third leading scorer in the American hockey league. So there are so many comparisons. So, yeah, I mean, it, it'd be tough to say, and and it's, it stinks because we never got to see the fate of that 1920 season uh, team. Um, but I mean, it feels good. It, it feels there, there are so many similarities to that club. There's no doubt about it. I think you're spot on with that. So now let me ask you the next question, and that is Nashville. Nashville's having a, a decent season, not great, but yep. a decent season. Yep. Uh, how much will the big team affect what you guys do? Because, uh, you know, if, if you got some injuries and suddenly you lose a few guys, right? It, it changed because it really you're relying upon what it is they do or don't do up top at the big league level, so to speak. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, and, and it's interesting because Nashville is kind of in that mushy middle that they've been known to be for – pretty much their entire existence. They're on the cusp. They might make the playoffs. They, all of that. Uh, Barry Trotz, the new general manager, is on record as saying there will be some moves. Um, I anticipate that we're going to lose a few players to recall, uh, maybe on a short term, maybe on a longer term. Igor Afanasyev is a guy who's been fantastic at this level, uh, a former second-round pick who has 19 goals this year and could certainly slot into Nashville's lineup. Uh, Spencer Stasny from Mequon, um, he is, I, I don't know why he's still here. I'm thankful that he is, but he is uh, fantastic. He'll be one of uh, two Admirals representatives at the all-star game this weekend in San Jose. Um, so there, there are going to be moves. Um, there were moves last year. Uh, Nashville really dumped a lot of players last season to get young and get better draft picks. Um, Scott Nickel is the Admirals GM. He went out and found players to fill in and, uh, that helped. I, I don't even, you can't even say tread water because the, actually the record was a little bit better with those guys in the lineup. And then when the rest of the players came back during the playoffs, I mean, it, it, it took off and it nearly ended up in a championship run. So yeah, we anticipate moves. That's why we're here. Um, but at the same time, I think because Nashville is, 
should be rebuilding. I think in their minds they are rebuilding, even though they have a couple of veterans that, that they do have that, that they're not going to move. I think they understand the value of winning at this level. Um, last year certainly woke up some woke some people up uh, when it comes to what winning can do, and I think they don't want to damage it too much with what's going on here. So I think while there will be some moves, nothing that'll just wreck the team. You know, uh, real quick about the Predators coming out of the West. Uh, you know, I know, like you said, they're kind of in the mishmash in the middle. Uh, Colorado, obviously, incredibly solid. Vancouver. The Golden Knights are hanging around ever since their inaugural season. They've yeah. been a hell of a franchise, and they've gotten it done. Give me your thoughts right now via the NHL, as and even the St. Louis Blues are, what, a, a game or two above or tied with Nashville in that mix. Give me your thoughts yeah. on the Predators and kind of in that Western Conference right now and uh, their ability to represent. Yeah, I don't know that Nashville they, they may make the eighth spot. I don't know, uh, but but I just think there's – it's it's top heavy. Colorado has been fantastic. I don't necessarily like their goaltending, um, but uh, I they're they're I mean they have Nathan McKinnon who is possibly the best player in the world right now. So, uh, but then you have Connor McDavid and Edmonton. Edmonton is coming on. Um, you have Vancouver made a huge move yesterday last night to to add a player from Calgary uh, and gave up a lot uh, of futures uh, future assets for him. So. Vancouver is uh, is really doing some great things under Rick Tockett out there uh, out west. Um, of course, you can't forget Vegas. They're the reigning champs, and they always seem they lose a guy, but they plug in somebody else, and they just keep rolling. So out west, I have a hard time figuring out who it's going to be. In Dallas, you can't forget about them. And then throw in Winnipeg, who has been magnificent this year, and the, the goaltending and the defense there. You have great coaches. You have great goaltenders. Um, again, I'm not necessarily sold on Colorado, but they have greatness all around them. So um, out west, I, I think you could make a case for five or six teams and kind of the same out east. Uh, you could make a case. Here comes Tampa Bay all of a sudden. They're 8-2 right. over the last 10. Um, Boston still hasn't lost 10 games in regulation this year, and they're probably stung pretty badly from last season when they lost to Florida. So, And Florida's in there. Um, so yeah, out East, you could, you could say the same thing. Uh, and then you have some sleeping giants like New Jersey, that if they ever figured out their goaltending situation, Toronto needs some help and goal. Um, you know, those are teams that could do some damage, but, but I mean, right now it's, it, it really is tough to say. And, and you have so many teams in that mushy middle that I, I'm waiting to see who's going to drop out and, and be the first one to wave the white flag and say, we're, we're not going to try necessarily because, you know, what's the point to get bounced and you know, play two home games maybe in the playoffs and get bounced. So um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do before March 8th. Aaron, great stuff as always. Keep up the great work. Love listening to you when I get the opportunity, if not coming to the game. And then uh, we'll hope to get back down there a couple more times before the season closes out. But we want to do some stuff with you guys come postseason because you're going to be right there, man. I look forward to it. Hey, I know you're going to Vegas. Have a great time. We were just there. I saw and met Wayne Newton. He has a new show. Shut go, up. Really? Go. This is a great story. You don't have time for it now, but I'll tell you next time I see you. Because uh, I had a family friend uh, that knew Wayne Newton, and we talked about him. It was fantastic. So anyway, yeah, go see the way, new Wayne Newton show. It's phenomenal. Uh, that's awesome. All right, buddy. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon, okay? Take care, Bill. Thanks. There you go. That's our guy, Aaron Sims. Good stuff. Good stuff. Hey, by the way, we can't leave out the fact, we're going to talk a little more hockey today, but it's going to be Badger men's and women hockey. 
because you talk about it uh, right now, that's the whole athletic department. They're ranked out there, big time. Got men's basketball ranked, men's and women hockey ranked. I mean, they're doing some good things out there. We're talking with Jacques, our buddy Mike Jocko, coming from Madison. Uh, we'll talk with him a little bit later on today as well. But uh, a lot of good stuff in the world of hockey. Get back to some Packer talk. Don't go anywhere. we got more of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Michael's show. Off to a fast start today. 877-867-1670. If you're heading down this weekend or even next, whether it's uh, tonight for music, or tomorrow night, Saturday night, or maybe you're just going to go down on Sunday and relax a little bit, uh, there's no better place to do it than a Nice Ash Cigar Bar, downtown uh, Waukesha, 323 West Main Street. Whether it's for bourbons or whiskeys or the large walk-in humidor with a big selection. Everything from uh, Tayback to Perdomo to the Cuban stock that they have down there. Whatever it is, you name it, they've got it. Live entertainment again, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And they have hookahs as well. And that's one of the unknown things. So sometimes, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because Kristen and I will go down and her friends will come and they'll be like, hey, I don't want to smoke a cigar. And you don't have to. It's no big deal. It's just, you know, it's an open bar with good entertainment. But when they get down there, they go, oh, like the girls like hookahs. So, and it's not hookahs to get you high. Everybody already raises the eyebrow like, what? No. it's They're flavored from blueberry mint to watermelon and all that kind of stuff. But uh, they have those as well. So, 323 West Main Street, downtown Waukesha. Nice Ash Cigar Bar. Nice Ash Cigar Bar. And uh, support the local business, downtown Waukesha. Great stuff with Aaron Sims and the Admirals. We're going to get back into um, more chatter with uh, the, the Green Bay Packers. We're going to have Brian Gutekunst speaking a little bit later on today. We'll talk more about Halfley being hired. Uh, and we got a lot to get to. Doc Rivers 0-2 in his start with the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, there's some issues in the NBA that I think that need to be uh, discussed a little bit. Uh, and then, obviously, there's just news and notes from all over the place. So we got a lot going on today. A lot going on today. Uh, and, Tim, you're welcome for talking hockey. Um, you know, look – I know we talk a ton of Packers, and we do, and sometimes we get accused of talking it too much. But there's some good stuff going on in the state right now. Badger men's basketball program is lighting it up, and that's great for Greg Gard uh, and for what uh, they needed this year and to kind of reignite the fan base. Marquette's doing well. Green Bay is doing well. Can't forget about them. You've got good hockey both in collegiate level and uh, the Milwaukee Admirals. I mean, it, you know, obviously Reese Hoskins coming in and signing with the Brewers. And maybe the Brewers aren't even done yet, you know, and you got a lot of optimism for Brewers baseball. I mean, you got a new defensive coordinator, for gosh sakes. Like the sun came up today and is shining on everybody. So there's a lot of good going on right now, a lot of positive going on right now. 
and really looking forward to it in many different facets. Uh, and one of the other, uh, one of the other uh, uh, notes that I had mentioned is coming in. I don't know if it's going to be ready for March Madness or not, but we uh, talked today with our friends at Potawatomi. We're going to do a little betting down there, but we are going to do shows inside that spacious, beautiful new sports book that they are building. I was down there today and got a little bit of a sneak peek, and oh my goodness. <laughs> I can't wait to go to Vegas because I want to compare it to what's going on out in what they have out in Vegas. But uh, for Wisconsin, oh my God. It's better than a lot of the uh, local casinos that I've seen. This is amazing. Really cool place. All right. We got an hour down already. I mean, that flew by. Done. Don't go anywhere. Got a lot more to get to. Three hours yet, as a matter of fact. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this.